are now tuned in to this week's episode of our podcast. Today, we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. By sharing our collective expertise, we will show you how to harness, control, and use your own skill set to achieve ultimate success and live the life you want. And now, please welcome your host. All right, welcome to the Old School Podcast. This is Patrick Rudy. I am the founder of Old School. I have today with me uh, a good friend and a very accomplished guy named Dr. Darren Singh. And I've known him for a long time, quality guy. I don't know how he knows all the stuff he knows, but that's one of the reasons why I'm talking to him today. I'm going to interview him and find out some of this stuff. And I want to, the idea for the podcast really is to get out information on fitness, health, success, freedom, all the good things in life. And to bring on people who know stuff that I don't know. I have my particular skills there in a certain area, but we're all limited in what we know. And it's nice to have other people who, who are experts in different fields that we can bring on and talk to. So that's the idea. I want to bring people on that can help you out in your life, in your, in your business, uh, with your health, uh, with just, just general life types of things. There's so much lack of success I see today. I see that with men especially. There's a lack of success. We need to change that. We need to become successful again, particularly as men but as men and women too. But I'd like to see more success in the world. And for some reason, there's kind of a, almost an anti-success culture I see rising. And uh, I wanna push back against that as much as I can. In any case, uh, let's bring on Dr. Darren Singh. And uh, again, uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about him once he comes on, but uh, welcome Dr. Singh. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, man. Um, okay. So we're gonna have a lot to talk about here. I'm gonna talk a little bit about, I'm gonna read a little bit of your bio. I don't wanna embarrass you, but uh, we're gonna put a little bit of your bio on here. And I can only read some of it because we could be here all day reading your bio, right? Oh, listen to you, too kind. <laughs> so you're, a, you're a, a PhD in LAC. I don't know, what is an LAC, by the way? Licensed acupuncturist. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a Qigong uh, master, a doctor of oriental medicine, a herbologist, and as you said, a licensed acupuncturist. Um, you have postgraduate doctoral and professional degrees in acupuncture, herbology, traditional oriental medicine, and yogic, yogic, how do you say yogic, right? Yogic, yeah. Yogic. You got it. Uh, healing. Now, I know that you also teach uh, Qigong. I think Qigong, you, I know you teach at Copper Mountain College in Joshua Tree. Yep. Is it Qigong or something else that you teach there? Qigong. Okay. Yeah. And um, you're also a master teacher and you possess, possess a deep understanding of Eastern, Tibetan, Buddhist, and, and Taoist medicine, alchemy, Kundalini yoga, and meditation. It's a lot of lifetimes of study right there, so we're going to find out how that happened. Uh, you studied with some of the most eminent luminaries of the healing and martial arts world. One thing I was thinking about, um, I know you as Darren, but I'll call you Dr. Singh today in, in deference. Um, one thing I noticed about you is um, you're, 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 you're white. I'm a white guy. You're white as well. How unusual is it to be a white man in the 
Eastern, knowing as much as you know about the Eastern disciplines? That seems kind of rare to me. How did that come about? How did that come about? You know, I was blessed with amazing teachers and it just sort of, you know, when you're committed to something, you know how things fall into place. Right. It just fell into place like dominoes. What is, and, it, about, um, what is it about the Eastern um, disciplines that you found that were, I, I guess, in order to look for the Eastern ones, there must have been something lacking in your mind in some of the Western disciplines. What, what were some of those things? Well, I started off at like six. I was leaving my body. We lived on a boat in Hawaii, and I would, at night, leave my body and fly around. And then at seven, I had this epiphany. I'd be working with energy. Mm. And so the Eastern traditions make that more available to work with energy. Yeah. Now, and then, of course, like a lot of people, I watched the Kung Fu series when I was a little kid. I love Kung Fu. Right? <laughs> I love David Carradine. Yeah, totally. So, you know, we all got inspired by that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say you left your body at six, you said, did, were, did that happen spontaneously? Yeah. I wasn't planning or trying to do it. You were just, were you like at home in bed, laying down, or I mean, how did this happen? Yeah, I was in bed, and then actually these two spirits would come, and we would fly around together. I know that sounds a little weird, but... That would scare me. Yeah, it wasn't scary, though. Wow. Yeah, they were, they were just really nice spirits. I hope they were angels or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, what... Um, one of the things I want to get into too is also how to help older people with injuries. But I mean, both of us are, you're over 50 now, is that right? Yep. And I'm, uh, you see a sigh. <laughs> and I'm, you know, really, I'm going to be 60 next year. So I'm going to be like in the 60 category soon. Wow, you look amazing. It's crazy, huh? It's, it's, yeah, I had no idea you were going to be 60 next year. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's coming next year, God willing. And the creek don't rise, as they say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you look great. Thank you. I, I've gotten interested in, obviously, you know, we get interested in things that we're doing. So I, I'm doing 60 as coming up. You're in your 50s. We're, you're, I'm in my 50s. So that's where we are. We're, we're, we're living our life. Uh, one day, we're a kid. Then we're kind of like going through young adulthood. And next thing you know, bam, I turn around and I'm almost 60. It's very weird. It is weird. So I want to, obviously, that's the life that I'm leading now. And I want to tell other people who are getting older, because I've gone through so many, you probably heard a little bit of my story, but I've gone through so many injuries and I've had illnesses and surgeries and so forth. Right. And I just kind of learned to adapt because I want to continue to live. I want to continue to train and I want to continue to, you know, work out because I love to, I love to do those things. Yeah. So you kind of find a way. So I want to, I kind of keep a certain amount of focus on that as well and how we're going to help older folks. Right. Do you have anything to say about that? Just starting off about it, like, do you deal with a lot in, in your practice? Do you have a lot of uh, patients who are older? Yes. Yeah, and the qigong's really beneficial. The herbs are really beneficial. Obviously, you have to eat right. You have to do cardio. You have to do a little bit of weight bearing exercise and a little bit of stretching, and and think thoughts that serve you. Right. What What does qigong do for a person? What is Qigong good for, for a person? Yes. Qigong, it's a broad category. So there's all sorts of different types of Qigong. 
but for what we're talking about now, helping the elderly, there's um, Qigong that can uh, heal the back, the neck, TMJ, headaches, side pain, menstrual issues. Obviously, that's not uh, related to the elderly, but nonetheless, it's building life force. Yeah, and, and it's not just elderly, but we're talking, you know, lots of people, we're talking about people with injuries. Yeah. Uh, people get injured all the time and they're looking for ways. You know, I mean, I found yoga along the way. I found Pilates along the way. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of disciplines out there. One thing I never really got into, and I've always kind of looked at it from afar, and I remember um, you helped me out a few years back with it, was Qigong. And I had an interest in it. Just I learned a little bit of it when I taught. Uh, I, I learned, I've learned a lot of martial arts over the years. And I actually was teaching, we're speaking of David Carradine here, I was actually taking a class from his teacher, his, his, his Kung Fu and Tai Chi teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, um, but I, and there was a little bit of Qigong uh, thrown in that as well. So how would you define uh, Qigong, if you could, just like in a sentence or two, like what does it focus in on the most, I guess you would say? Cultivation of life force energy. Okay. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. I, um, okay. I used to think of it as kind of like loosening exercises and maybe centering exercises, but I think you encapsulated it really nicely. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely an element of that, of the loosening, you take care of the joints. Again, there's so many different types. Of, right. Of exactly. And it seems to, for, why is it, why is it Qigong hooked into Tai Chi so much? Is it, is that to do with the Qi energy or is it something else? Yeah, because good Tai Chi is Qigong. Okay. So you're, you're feeling the energy, you're moving the energy, you're building the energy. A lot of Tai Chi is more movement, and you're just moving the energy. You have to build it before you do the Tai Chi. I know you teach it as well. You teach Tai Chi as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are you um, familiar with the combat aspects of Tai Chi at all? Yeah. Because I used to, you know, there's, there's a lot of Tai Chi, but I feel like a lot of it seems to have been watered down. Uh, maybe in the West or whatever, or, you know, older people are using Tai Chi for health, which is obviously fine, but it seems that the martial aspects of Tai Chi have been kind of pushed to the side for the most part. Yeah, well, okay, so for health in Tai Chi, you've got balance, you've got circulation, you're moving the Chi, that's a big deal, because when the Chi gets stuck, the organs and the brain, everything suffers. Yeah. So the endocrine system and all, so you really need to keep the chi flowing and tai chi is a great way to do that and with the balance you're toning the body and, and yes. whatnot. as far as the martial application it's yeah it comes from martial application but to actually apply that really takes a lot i would yeah yeah there's there's more faster methods of combat right right I, uh, I, I, one of the places I, I learned Tai Chi from uh, was in Oregon. I was in Oregon for some years. And I, I, I found that my incredible teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong, or, well, mostly Tai Chi and Kung Fu, excuse me. He taught kind of a Wing Chun version. Yeah. But this guy really knew how to, um, he knew the angles of Tai Chi. He knew how to get leverage out of it, amazingly. And yeah. he knew how to do it in a way that not like a real soft way, like you might see a Western person do just a soft way. This guy knew how to like use like isotonic movement with it. This guy would be sweating, literally sweating bullets 
he knew how to like, in his, in his top teacher too was a white, uh, his top student was a white guy. His top student would knew how to do the same thing. He could do it in such a way that you'd be dropping, dropping buckets of, of sweat. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a lot of effort. And yeah. you can get that, you can make that happen, but I don't know how to say this without insulting anybody, but my experience, you know, because I've done jujitsu, yes, Japanese and Brazilian and, and MMA and right. Muay Thai and, and all that stuff. And and I've trained different places. And a lot of times there are certain traditions where they think that they're really combat ready, but then when you spar with them, they're lost. Yeah, I, I've seen, I was watching, looking at a video the other day of a guy that teaches boxing technique, a lot of good boxing techniques, head movement and so on. Yeah. He, he was showing a guy who's like an old master in one of these ancient things. And he said, one of the things the guy said was, good self-defense cannot depend on the, um, what do you say, the belief of the person fighting. Because right. what he said was some of these masters or so-called masters would put these head trips on their students. I've seen some of this, by the way, because I've, I've learned you know, Aikido and things like that. But some of these Aikido guys are a little bit over the top and not just Aikido, but some of these other guys. And they will show stuff. They will do stuff where they're not even touching their opponent and the guy will fall over. Yeah. So there's guys like that who think that they know something. And I saw a video the other day of an older guy. I almost felt sorry for him. He got against a younger guy who just knew MMA stuff. And the guy just pounded, the younger guy just pounded him. Right. So there's some of that going on too. But I do believe yeah. there's a lot too Tai Chi at the deeper levels. And totally. Uh, yeah. And I Aikido. What's that? Aikido also. They're all beautiful arts. But as far as like pound for pound for combat, I mean, the UFC was kind of revolutionary. You've had yeah. different revolutionary periods in martial arts. You had where uh, all the samurai arts became ways. That's karate-do and judo and aikido. They all went from combat arts to the way. That's of, right. Right? And they sort of um, systemized and you had the Shaolin come into Okinawa and then to uh, Japan and that's how you got Shotokan. So right. it was that was a renaissance in martial arts. And then the UFC came along, that was like another renaissance. And then Bruce yeah. Lee, of course, was mixing, yeah, grappling, right. and striking, everything. And then the UFC came along and said, okay, let's see, you know, you guys are talking, let's see. Let's see what you can do. So, right, exactly. And then it was an interesting, in the beginning it was so great because, so first the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys would win, right? Yeah. And then the wrestlers would go back to the drawing board and figure it out. Right. And then they'd win. And right. then the Muay Thai guys would come in, right? And then they'd win. Right. And then it would be like the Russians, and they'd be winning for a while. Yeah. It just kind of, you know, evolved and it worked itself out. So we know combat-wise, at least in the octagon, what works the best. And it's not yeah. that much different in the street. Yeah. And, and I've seen, you know... And again, I've seen like, you know, uh, the founder of Aikido seemed to be a really amazing guy who could do, oh, yeah. do almost probably superhuman types of things. Yep. And I see other people, but I've also seen guys like um, Tohei, who was one of the top teachers in, in, in Aikido. And I saw a video one time of him wrestling with a newspaper reporter that knew nothing about Aikido. And he really had trouble throwing the guy. The guy with yeah. no skills. So, 
I guess it depends. I think a lot of it is real, but as you say, for the most part, let's talk practicalities here for the average person. For the average person. If it was so easy to learn to be good, you know, in combat in Tai Chi and Aikido, where are they in the UFC? Right. I mean, I haven't seen. But they're they're good for personal development. The yeah. Aikido is the way of harmonizing energy. Yes. And it's so, real. It is real. Obviously, it's it's you know the spiraling and the stuff we used to use in class. I mean, it has a lot of. And I really admire arts also, by the way, and I've learned different ones from Aikido on one end to Krav Maga on the other end. But I do admire arts that don't have to like hurt people. Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's a lot of times where you don't want to hurt the person. You just want to, you know, they're all drunk at a party or something. You don't want to like, you know, you know right. ruin them for life or something. Yeah, I learned a lot of those that style in um, Aikido Jiu-Jitsu out there. I was gonna say, yeah, you're, you're like an expert in, in Aikido Jiu-Jitsu, I believe, right? You know, I, I trained. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you say you're, so you're pretty well-rounded, you know, I didn't know we are gonna go so far into martial arts, but it's a great thing to talk about too. Yeah. Uh, would you consider yourself pretty rounded now in the martial arts? Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, good. What is your favorite martial art, by the way? Muay Thai. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that, would you call that one of the most effective as well? It's one of the most honest, you know, it's like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling. They're, they're all really honest martial arts. There's no pretending. Yeah. I just like the directness of it and the, the flavor, the sort of the essence of it. And there's a Buddhist element and the whole way how it started where the, like the patron saint had to fight the uh the king of burma his top guys to release all these prisoners and then he became oh, really? a patron saint yeah and it has like a it has like a tai chi dance in the beginning and there's a you know it, it's just there's something about the flavor i just love to yeah. about it. and it's direct you know it's just direct and there's no other kick like the muay thai roundhouse well that's I why everybody in the ufc uses it yeah, I was, you talking about like the, the thigh, the kick to the thigh and knock the guy down? Yeah, or even, you know, even lower, just chopping him down. Yeah. I, I watched some more to the head forever, but that's the kick. I saw some and the elbows and the knees. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hardcore stuff. I saw uh, some stuff of that the other day. And the boxers, until they learn how to defend that, they just got were like getting a, a tree chopped down. And they right. eventually would fall down. Right, but you know who's great? And mixing the two is the um, Holland guys. Uh, Holland. They've got good boxing skills, and then they've got good Muay Thai skills. Because some of the guys from town, they just, it's just straight on. Yeah. And they don't have head movement and whatnot. That's another thing, head movement. That's another thing. I'm, I'm learning that now. When I was younger, I used to, we used to, the first way we learned how to fight was we would just put boxing gloves on, some headgear <laughs> and some mouthpieces. We'd go in my backyard and we'd have different weight classes. I would fight guys about my size, my age, my older brother would fight, my younger brother would fight. Nice. Um, and it was fun. Yeah. But at the, at the time I used to like guys like uh, Thomas Hearns and um, yeah. uh, Joe, Joe Frazier and th people like that. And I, I really admired like the brawn of boxing. Right? But yeah, it's amazing. Get, but as I get older, I started appreciating the Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard's, 
the guys that know how to counterpunch, bob and weave, and make you miss. Yeah. Like, I used to fight. There's a guy I used to fight uh, back in the day, and he was a karate guy. He didn't know any boxing, but he knew how to move, and he was very fast. I could never hit him. Well, that's one of the good things about karate is, you know, not getting hit. Yes. What's his name? That was in um, UFC for a while. Machido or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Machado or whatever. No, no. Machado Brothers. I don't know. I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he had a cool, like, karate style, like, get in and get out and not get hit. Do you, do you by the way, before we move on from, from martial arts, which is a great topic, do you miss the early days of UFC when you yeah. get the stylists that come in? This guy was like a karate guy, and then you'd see him fight the boxer or whatever. Yeah, because those guys put their whole life into their art. Yeah. And it, it was art against art, and they were just, they had more personality and it was just all so much more it was different and it, yeah i missed it yeah I mean, it's nice that we've gained the different you know that everyone's gotten a little better and, and learned from each other which is really cool but in some ways it kind of like made everyone same in a, in a certain way yeah also and, i think it was a different time like for you and i you know we were closer to that you know, I was training a lot. Yeah. And there was more of a relationship with the people, with the fighters, right? I don't really know the fighters that well now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to like the characters they had in the beginning. Yeah. They had like big fat guys that would just, uh, I forget this one guy's name, but he was very effective. But he, and he would punch, he'd throw these big wild punches. He had no, he didn't have any boxing technique, but he was very effective. Yeah. Tank Abbott? Tank. Yeah. Tank. <laughs> I used to love that stuff. Anyway, yeah. um, I want to move on from martial arts. Mar martial arts is an amazing world, but it's so much of our lives that we it can't help pouring out of us sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I, I love martial arts. I think, I think especially men, getting back to men for a minute again, which is part of my life, things with men, doing, doing you know, looking at how men can become better. I think every man, I think you would agree with me as well, every man should know how to fight. Yeah. Your man should know how to protect himself and protect his family. Totally. And um, we're, lo we're losing some of that. Some of that is good. I think there's a resurgence in some ways of, of fighting. But there's yeah. a split off, too, I think, where there's a certain amount of people that are not into that anymore. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, there's just a huge split in our culture in really a lot is. of different ways. But really I is. totally know what you're talking about. So let me... Um, I want to talk, there, there's a lot of, you know, in some of the information that you sent me originally when I was going to interview you, you sent me some things were very interesting. And I just want to touch on a few of those things we can. Yeah. You talk, you, in them, you had a, a sheet called uh, Key Principles. I don't know if that's on your website or where that is, but it's called Key Principles. Yes. One of the principles is, there's two that I'm interested in right now. One is purposefulness. Does that mean purpose or is that something different? That means being on purpose. So you're talking about success mm. and people having success. In our world today, there's so many distractions and people are being pulled in different directions and you can, you know, get on social media and get lost for hours. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll get, and then watch Netflix and, you know, there's just so many distractions. I mean, yeah. Purposefulness means whatever you're doing, it's purposeful. And it's purposeful to the, to the goal. Mm. Okay. 
Good, because I, I was going to get into something else here. The next one, I think it goes right into it, and it's self-discipline. So right. one of the things I want to know from you, and I, and I want to pass this on to the, to the audience, you're, you've had to be a very disciplined and purposeful person to get as far as you have. To learn as many things as you have, it, it would take the average person several lifetimes, it seems. So I'd like to know how you went about doing that. How did you, how did you learn so many things? Was it a matter of focus? Was it a matter of spending a lot of time? What, how did you do that? I wasn't hanging out. You know what I mean? I wasn't going on like pleasure vacations. Yeah. It was, everything was about what I was doing. And I'm very stubborn and I'm stubborn and focused. From so, early years? No, earlier as I was floundering. And then about 18, when I got out on my own, that's when I hit the ground running. What, what is it to change? What, what, what flipped the switch? The fact that you had to care for yourself at that point? No, just the environment that I was being brought up in wasn't giving me what I needed. So there, it was, um, there was something out of sync between my uh, inner core and uh, ideals and, you know, the way that I felt like uh, life should be lived and, you know, the way that you should walk the earth and that sort of right. thing. Did, did, you so, know, go ahead. did you know what you were looking for at the time? No. So I put it together. Uh, I like built everything from scratch. At, at a certain point, did it become, it must have become clear what you were looking for as you got, as you walked into these things, right? Or no? Yeah. I mean, it was a process and you know, those were the, that's where those principles come from. It's like, okay, this is what's worked for me. And when I was teaching martial arts, then those are the principles that I taught because I, you know, believe strongly in them. Right. Did it, was it all good or was there some overkill in the sense of being really into something and maybe not getting enough R&R at a certain period of time or anything like that? Oh yeah, 100%, but that's how life works. You know, there's always sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. Do you regret any of it or are you glad the whole path that you took so far? No, I don't regret it. Maybe I would have, you know, made some tweaks here and there, but I don't, don't regret it. What feels great is that I gave it everything. Yeah, I left nothing on the field. Were there were there any paths that you took that you just kind of got a certain distance in it and then said, "No, I'm done." <laughs> so when I went to acupuncture school, um, I was um, studying with one of my grandmasters, and he wanted to take me to Japan and uh, uh, present in this big Qigong conference, and he wanted me to learn Chinese and all this stuff, and. Mm. And I ended up going to acupuncture school and I thought that was going to deepen my, my Qigong. And about two months into it, I was like, these guys know nothing about Qigong. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was in it and I was like, all right, I started it. So. Well, but then you also learned acupuncture. Yeah. Which you've used, uh, I guess, very successfully over time, right? Yeah. In the long run, it definitely uh, helped me with my Qigong practice because all the intricacies of the of the channels and the meridians right. that would be hard to learn on your own right did you ever did you ever use acupressure at all oh yeah i still do you still do okay yeah. my my mom did uh 
years ago, I don't know how this happened, but at some point she might have got bored as she got older or something. Once the kids are out of the house, right? Start taking classes. And she she took an acupressure class, I remember that. And she got very right. It surprised me because I didn't know that side of her was even interested in it. You know, you don't, you think you're, you know, you know people. She, <laughs> she got interested in that. That was, that was cool. Um, yeah, good for her health too. Yeah. There's a lot of points that you can do on yourself for, you know, nausea or um, strengthening yourself or headaches. You know, I, I do have to say that a lot of Eastern stuff has always been interesting. I think a lot of Westerners are fascinated with Eastern stuff because we kind of know at some point there's something to it that we may be missing. And I feel the same way about um, Indian or was known uh, more politically correct these days as uh, Native American culture. Yeah. If you look back and look at some of the things that, that, that they were doing, for the most part, and everyone has their weak spots and strong parts in their culture, of course, but for the most part, it seemed they were very in tune with nature, with um, the natural world and how it actually works and how to work with it. And I, I see a lot of actually commonalities, I think, between that, uh, what we call the Indian or Native American culture and Eastern culture. Would you say that's so? Yeah, definitely connected with nature. And yeah. so when you're connecting with nature and the natural rhythm of things, everything works better. And the more that you, you know, go into the city life, quote unquote, yeah. then there's less smiles, there's less trust, there's less laughter, there's less sleep, there's yeah. more adrenal fatigue. And, and, and too, and this goes along with the nature thing, and I'm learning this too, I mean, I live... I live almost in a, basically a forest now. Yeah, didn't your life change when you moved out there? In the woods, yeah. Uh, my health got better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not fighting it. <laughs> What's that? You're not fighting it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, moving out there, that's, that's like half the work. It is. And, um, you know, my wife has uh, learned about um, natural things, and we've learned about mushrooms, and nothing, nothing uh, psychedelic, folks, don't worry. But, you know, we learn about medicinal qualities of things. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it reminds me, in the Indians and, and Native Americans do this as well, there was, uh, and, and you're into this, which is herbology, which is another fascinating thing. Somehow Western has gotten so far away from herbs, and I understand the reasons in certain ways. Obviously, it's more potent, but also, let's face it, there's more money to be made in pharmaceuticals than there, is in, there are in herbs. So um, is that something that you've probably studied pretty, pretty far into, herbology? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Do you use, you use herbs a lot, I think, as well. I mean, I know some of the things that you're doing. So, I mean, there's so many herbs to know yeah. um, that you can almost get lost in it. But I really admire it. And um, I wish, I would like to see, this is one, one of the things I, reasons I started old school. I want to see some of the old ways brought back, the old, not all old ways, not all old ways were, were, were great or perfect, but I want to see the things that have been forgotten that are useful brought back. And I feel like herbs are one of those, those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to know the relationship between 
pharmaceuticals and herbs and what happened over the past hundred years. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a great um, series that you could watch called The Truth About Cancer. Okay. And it starts off talking about how um, there were different types of hospitals that were using more natural methods, but then the pharmaceutical industry started to uh, get into power and put all those other hospitals out of business. I heard, and, I heard somebody, uh, I saw somebody said the other day that some of the pharmaceutical uh, people, or the doctors or whoever it was, they started to have people investigated who were into natural healing and things like that. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. Or they'll, they'll usurp an herb and then they'll bury it. What like in New Zealand, it? yeah, they were, maybe it was for skin cancer, there's a natural treatment and then the doctors got together and said, oh, this needs to be prescription only. And then they made a prescription only, and then they buried it. So they made an herb prescription only? Yeah, the treatment prescription only. They did that again in the, like, I don't remember exactly when. I want to say somewhere between the 20s and the 40s. Yeah. And there's a special formula. They were curing cancer, thousands and thousands of people. And then the FDA, you know, went in and closed it down. Yeah, and that's, uh, I remember in the old days, you know, people used to go down to Mexico to get Laetrile treatments from apricots right that uh things like that yeah i feel like we've lost so much and yes we've gained certain things yes medicine is amazing i mean i've had surgeries which thank god for you know medical treatments and certainly oh, yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent about the surgeries but the thing about the pharmaceuticals sometimes you need them a lot of times you don't and their side effects and the side effects are really bad whereas yeah. herbs there's not side effects. Yeah. And herbs, you know, holistically heal the body rather than hide the symptom. Yeah, and I feel like we don't, you know, mankind is so arrogant that yeah. we think that we think we can take things and just do whatever we want with them. And I think that herbs are one of those things. Like herbs to me are just like God-given medicine. They're just here, you know? And it says it in the Bible. Yeah. And um, I can see making something more powerful or doing some experiments or whatever, but man, you got to be careful and you got to be humble, I think, to a certain point to know yeah. that you don't know. I mean, we don't know. There's so much we don't know. And just because somebody has learned how to take something and make it more potent doesn't make them God. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you look at it's, it's Prozac or one of those SSRIs, one of those type of mood medications. Yeah. And I think it was Duke University. They just did a study that cardio is as effective as that mood medication without the side effects, without the possible suicidal tendencies and everything else. Yeah. We got one thing we got to do, Dr. Singh, here is we got to get people back to natural living. Yeah. And I'm 100% for that. I know you are too. And there's so much insanity out there. And, you know, uh, I was hearing a, a friend of mine talk about uh, a guy who is now on, uh, on, on uh, what do you call prescription drugs for depression and things like that. Right. It's happening so much these days. It's getting so out of control that I don't see in a way back other than to go to, to find, to rediscover the tried and true, I think, that we already know and we forgot. Yeah. I would agree. And then also bringing healthy lifestyle back. Yeah. Because right now there's 
most people are not in a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, as you know, I used to live in California and California has its issues. We all know that. But, you know, one thing I will say in a positive sense about California, because it's, I guess, the land of the sun and, and, you know, the sand and the the ocean and the the, uh, hills and the desert and everything, there is an emphasis and maybe because people are just vain, (laughs) but there is an emphasis on health there or at least the appearances of health. And people oh, yeah, tend, to be, for sure. tend to be a little thinner there. Like when I came to Tennessee, hey, nothing against my Tennessee brethren here, but you guys are bigger than in, in general than they are in California. And a lot of people, if I go to certain yeah. stores sometimes, just to be honest, if I go into certain stores, I'll go into Walmart or something here, it's shocking at times. People are just letting themselves go to a degree. And I know that people are doing the best they can, but they need to at some point see that whatever this road they're on, it's not good. You don't need to be like this. You can, you don't have to stay like that. You can, there's things that you can do to get back on track. Yeah. So in parts of China, they have a system where to get medical treatment, you have to go exercise and then you come back and you have your note that says that you've exercised and you get treatment. Yeah. That's interesting. Out here. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go. Out here, um, people are just given drugs, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And that's what they are used to. I think that, and, I, and I'm just extrapolating a little bit. I'm wondering why we got so far into drugs. But could it be said that the Western way, to some degree, leads to that? In other words, the Western way is kind of about dominating your surroundings, you know. And, and it seems like, like, like using a tool, like, like think about the way that, uh, Cortez went through Mexico and I'm not a Cortez basher I admire Cortez in a lot of ways but just think about the way that he went through Mexico he won by in a lot of different ways that he won but one of the ways he won was technological superiority I mean right. he, he brought cannon and musket uh, to a place that didn't know these things so I think the Western way a little bit is like hey we can win we can conquer everything with technology right but the shadow of that is in medicine, the tech, medical technology is amazing. Yeah. And we're lucky to have it. We are. But we're still like 17th in life expectancy, the last time that I checked. Highest cost of healthcare in the world and 17th in life expectancy. Yeah, that's not And then the pharmaceuticals, you know, it's a company. So, you know, they're kind of smart and they go, all right, well, uh, speed's not legal, but if we make a speed we just change one molecule that's called adderall adderall is crystal meth with one molecule change. i know that yeah and then they're like hmm, what else is really addictive opium's pretty addictive well you know we know what's happening with that with the opioid crisis right so what, what is the thing that's come from china fentanyl right fentanyl's come from china you know fentanyl is we have a fentanyl issue Right, that's, uh, what is it, Prince? Didn't Prince die from uh, fentanyl? Oh, maybe, yeah. Uh, but I know that uh, supposedly there's a lot of like bad stuff coming in. So, so we have a lot of things that are addictive. Well, first of all, you know, you brought in the corporation thing. I'm gonna do probably show at some point, or maybe a lot of shows. On, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I'm just gonna say to the audience and to you. I've been thinking a lot about corporations lately. Now, I'm not a, I mean, I'm like a 
you know, generally conservative type of person, free markets, free this and free that, I, you know, I love freedom, I love freedom, right? Yeah. But I have noticed that we become a society of big everything. Big education dominates, big uh, uh, companies in the form of corporations dominate, big government dominates. Everybody has their own favorite big something, but no matter what category somebody's in, if you're on the left, you end up becoming kind of a big a fan of big government or something. But, you, but on the right, you can end up becoming a fan of kind of like unfettered um, corporatism. But actually back in the day, we used to have antitrust and things like that. And we, yeah. had, we had ways to keep monopolies at bay, which hopefully is, gonna st is starting to come back a little bit, but I think it really needs to come back. Yeah, there's a lot of things that need to change. Education, big education is another thing where yeah. people are, you know, have all these loans that they can't get out from under. Well, and yeah, the big, the, there's huge loans, but there's also this, what's the word? Um, an antipathy, I can't think of the right word, but against things. Like once you become big, you become part of this group and you start to become against the smaller groups. For instance, the education system gets so big and arrogant, it becomes, its enemy becomes homeschooling and private schooling. And I, I tell you that there's a lot of great things about homeschooling and private schooling. And, and they should not be stamped out. They should be encouraged in a lot of cases. For sure. It's, it's almost like a necessity. There's so much garbage in the culture yeah. that you need to sometimes pull your children out of that culture. Yeah. And, and so I see, I see a, actually, if you just want to get down to the nub of it, I see an anti-individual type of culture that's arisen. That the average person, in, in a way, has given up their power and given her power to bigger things, whatever it may be, a big corporation or a big government or a big education or something like that. That's one of the things that I hope that old school to me is, I'm not doing a plug here for old school, but I'm just saying, old school to me is, one of the reasons why I started it was it's, it's much bigger than just its health and fitness in all their forms, but it becomes kind of like a celebration of the individual again. Yeah, nice. So, um moving forward here i want to get a few more things in if we can because there's so much i could talk to you about i mean we're i know we're scratching the surface of your knowledge so far um meditation um stillness i know there's probably different types that you've learned over the years and so forth is there a type because i remember you said this one time about stillness and it just kind of struck me is there a type of meditation that you believe in or feel is most useful at least for you or that you recommend to people i know what i like but i wanted to get his perspective from from you is there a particular type that you like yeah but let me ask you this first when you moved out into the country into the forest how was your meditation did your meditation change uh yeah, it, 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 it's easier to meditate in the sense because you don't have less distractions. Right. So you don't have someone yelling uh, at the apartment, you know, uh, next to you on banging on the wall or music pulling through or 
Yeah, yeah and you're not stressed from all the sirens and helicopters and whatnot. You're not stressed, and, and what you hear is a little more natural than rhythm. Right. So it's, it's a little easier. I'm not saying I couldn't meditate before I could, but I, I think it's a little bit easier now. Yeah, it's probably a, like a nicer quality to it. Yeah. Easier to drop in. Yeah, and, and at night you have, you know, darker nights right. uh, for sleeping and things like that, more quiet. So definitely more conducive for rest and meditation. Yeah, totally. So in an environment like that, then, you know, more of a silent meditation or focusing on the breath or focusing on the third eye or the navel, something like that. Third eye meaning up here? Yeah, a little bit lower, right, you know, by the eyebrows. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so... That's a nice, those are all great meditations. Sometimes people, there's just so much going on and their, their uh, inner voice won't shut up. Yeah. Mantra meditation is really good for the, in those cases. Yeah, that's one I never tried. And some, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, don't do that one. It's, it's, it's weird and it's you know, <laughs> demonic or whatever it is. I, I, don't, I don't know a lot about it, but I've never really tried. I was kind of always afraid to try it personally. Um, yeah, I mean, you could take a phrase from the Bible and repeat that over and over again. It doesn't okay. need to be a religion that's outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, and I, I found kind of like, I don't know if I say I found my own way with meditation, but I found what works for me. And one thing I noticed is that we haven't, we've kind of pulled away from my friend Jesse, who you know, he used yeah. to talk to me sometimes about the belly. And he would say that the soul is in the belly. Mm. And uh, one thing I noticed uh, a, long, a long time ago, uh, I recently went with my son to a uh, to um, Dollywood, which is a amusement park here at the end of Tennessee. Nice. And um, one thing he wanted to go on roller coasters and stuff, and I was a little, I've gotten kind of like older and kind of away from that stuff. I don't really like it. Blah blah blah. I didn't really want to mess with it, and the heights were kind of you know going high and things like that. I didn't really want to do all that. One thing I found, uh, it's funny with the soul, the belly stuff, I'm kind of bringing this together here, is that what I found was that if you, I went on some of these rides and I just kind of like chilled, you know, and I relaxed. And I, one thing I did, I didn't fight the ride. Yeah. I went with the ride. And I also just kind of like centered myself and got out of my head up here, kind of centered myself down in here. And one thing I noticed was, when you're actually in here, there's no fear in here. Right. It's very interesting. And yeah. I actually, one of the, we went on these crazy roller coasters. I went on them. I was able to do them. I went on a 200-foot uh, tower and then dropped. Wow. <laughs> and um, it's stuff that I, in my head, I look up at it and my head says, you're not doing that. But in here, it was like, okay, you can, you can do that. And so I got on it and did it and just was right in here. And it was fine. Yeah. There's so much that I realize, I guess for me, the helpfulness in meditation is the, is the bringing myself back into reality in a certain kind of way. Yeah, you got to tame the monkey mind. Yeah, and once you get and into it, that's this. what I think it's about, is getting back into reality. I mean, but people may have yeah. different reasons for meditation. That's what my reason would be. Finding reality again, and because the mind is such, I realized in that moment of seeing uh, those things that I wouldn't do, I, I started thinking, what are all the other things in my life I'm not doing? 
And if you think about it, I started saying, wow, my life has been ruled in many ways by fear. Mm. And, um, but actually when you do something, not when you think about something, but when you actually do something and you're with something, yeah, it's not the way it is in your mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think, I think that the, people just get freaked out by their minds and it stops them. Yeah. Oh, the mind will mess you up. Yeah, it really does. So I, to me, I don't know. Is there, I mean, is, is there another reason besides this finding true reality? That's my definition of, of meditation. Yeah, I think of meditation in terms of um, getting back to the source, yeah. being in relation with God. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. And then also, I feel like it's a necessity not an option nowadays. It is, it is. That's a good way to put that because, now I came from a, a Catholic Christian background and there's a lot of people who would say, oh, meditation is not Christian. I would say, well, I'm sure there's certain meditations that may not be Christian, okay, let me put that out there. But the meditation that I would practice to me is Christian, I mean, it's, 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 is I, there, is a, there is a spirit inside. In fact, when I close my eyes, I can see really like a ball of light in front of me. And I'm not saying that is a weird, it's not a weird thing. It's just, to me, it's like you're seeing the inner uh, light of the being. I don't know what you want to call that, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? that's the third eye opening, or Jesus would say, let thine eye be single. Yeah, it's like, it's like we have a lamp. I think Jesus even said something like a lamp unto your feet. We actually have an inner lamp that kind of guides us as we go around through life. Yeah. That I think we get, because we get into the head, we, as a kid, we know these things. I remember meditating as a kid. You talked about having experience at six. I remember as a kid, meditating. Yeah. The same thing I'm doing today, I did when I was young. Nice. Without anyone showing me. Yeah. And so a kid will naturally kind of be close to that thing. And as we get older, we kind of just drift away from it. Right. Well, there's a lot more pulling on you when you get older. There really is. And you say that we need these things. I totally agree with that. We need a way to come back to what is in here, what the real reality is, because there's so much now with computers and phones and yeah. artificial intelligence. It's just going from one thing to the next these days. Right. And as you meditate more, then you bring back the elasticity and the childlike nature. Yes. Like Reverend Jesse is a great example of that. Yes. Childlike nature is intact. That's right. And I found it in myself. I was becoming kind of angry and um, overly serious, let's say. Right. And, and, and in meditation, even lately, I've had breakthroughs. I think I've had breakthroughs since coming honestly, to Tennessee. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. I imagine you have a lot of breakthroughs because half of the burden is eliminated. Yeah, and I think just the idea maybe of saying things that I wanted to do to actually like turn the corner and actually do them. Yeah. I wanted to live, you know, in a more open atmosphere. I wanted to live in a better atmosphere, you know, uh, for my son and things like that. I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to start business. Mm -hmm. And all this stuff started kind of coming together. And, and beyond that, lately even, in the last few months even, things started to open up more. 
And I think the more you do this stuff, it starts to um, accelerate even, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really a trip. Okay, because of time, I'm gonna move on even further here. This is, again, this is another issue that could be talked about for a long time. I wanna to talk to you a little bit about diet. You helped me out a lot with diet, and I said to you before that I was like probably a really rotten student back in the day because I was pretty, I've always been kind of stubborn, and, and, and that probably served me in some ways and hurt me in a lot of other ways. Sure. And um, one of the things I was, uh, you know, I, I learned some good things from you, but you had a program uh, which was very good and still is very good where you cleanse, do a cleansing, people do a cleansing through your program. Right. And uh, by the way, what is your, uh, we're going to give that at the end again, but what is your, uh, what, uh, how do people get in touch with you? Healingenergy.org. Okay, we'll put it up on the screen as well. Healingenergy.org. Yeah, thanks. Okay, and there's a way for them to reach you if they want to talk to you by going to that? Yeah, just hit the contact page and there's a phone number and they can leave an email. Great. Yeah. So, and I've, and I've gone to you as well for, uh, I had, I, I've had hurt different situations that have been hurt. I've had everything at one time or another, but you've been great at helping me with pain and things like that. Um, but also it, with diet and herbs and, and, and things of that nature. Right. Um, if you could kind of encapsulate, because everybody's a little different, but could you encapsulate kind of like a general, uh, good, some general good rules of diet for the average person to kind of work on everybody? Right. So if you go on YouTube, everybody's going to have a different opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of different opinions out there. There are. Yeah. So I can tell you what I think um, empirically, you know, what I've seen help yeah. countless people. Primarily plant-based, organic. That, that's your primary. Legumes, lentils, mung beans. And then meat, you know, good meat without pesticides and hormones yeah. and antibiotics. Yeah. Meat, fish, chicken. But medicinally, not where you're just sitting down and gorging on a big steak. Yeah, how, how much meat would you, and I've gone through a lot of this myself because I'm a, kind of a big meat eater, but I've had some issues along the way with potentially eating maybe too much. I've yeah. had issues with, uh, you know, kidney stones along the way and things like that. So I've had to learn a lot along, I mean, I've, I've learned in every facet I've had to learn by the School of Hard Knocks. Right. So I do think, it, for me, I've learned there's a certain limitation to meat. I like meat a lot, but there's a certain limitation. Yeah. Would you, what would you say, I mean, is there a general limitation for it? What would you, what, what would you, how would you say that? I'd say that there are people in the world that can get by without meat, like Indians that live in India. Well, they, theoretically, right, theoretically, everything that is in meat I, I, correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but theoretically everything is original. I mean, everything would have to be originally in nature. I mean, yeah. what, what is, you know, people eat, people like grass-fed meat and grass-fed dairy. Why? Because the cow is eating grass. So they're, they're all, everything that's in the, the animal is coming from the natural world to begin with. Right, and it tastes better and they feel better after eating it. Yeah. Now, that being said, I've, even though theoretically I think it can be done, if you're intelligent about it, you could be a vegan if you wanted to. But I do believe that 
most, the vast majority of people don't know how to do it correctly and end up just being weak with veganism. Right. And veganism also can destroy the endocrine system. And I've seen a lot of people have really bad health experiences from being vegan. It's not easy to be a real vegan. The problem is a lot of times people just eat carbs and yeah. they destroy their, their health. Um, vegetarianism, at least, you know, you can have some dairy. Yeah. If you're going to have dairy, I would say you want uh, raw, grass-fed, and organic cheese. All of those three things. Raw, organic, and grass-fed. Grass-fed, yes. I, yeah, that makes sense. I had a note for some reason, I don't know why, when I was going to talk to you about kefir. Maybe we had a discussion one time about kefir. What do you, what do you think about kefir? Yeah, I think it's good, but usually there's a lot of sugar in it. Yes. What about sugar? What about plain kefir? Yeah, I mean, yogurt is fine, unless somebody's congested. If you're waking up and you're hacking things and you've got a, you look in the mirror and your tongue has a thick yeah. coating, then dairy's not for you. Yeah. And maybe cut down on the meat too. I've had to be very specific about my diet, especially lately. Yeah. My meat, I've had to cut back on some. Uh, my dairy, I've, I've never been able to handle too much dairy. Right. So uh, there's just things I have to do. And then fruit, you know, I, you know I, I can't take sugar hardly at all anymore. I haven't been able to last few years. So I eat very little sugar. If I eat fruit, I kind of have to keep it at a minimum, maybe berries and things for the most part. Well, you look like 10 years younger than you are. So well, what you're doing is working. Yeah, I'm doing some things right. And I think life, I mean, there's actually a lot of things I'm probably doing right now, but we're all kind of a work in progress. So I'm learning stuff every day. Like my body has been like a, a laboratory in a way. In other words, sure. and I'm sure everybody's like that in some way. We try things on ourselves and see if they work. Yeah. If they work, we do more of it. If they don't work so well, we do less of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so general guidelines, I would say, stay away from wheat and gluten and, and dairy and sugar alcohol and processed foods yeah I, i've been i don't know how to say this but about about wheat and stuff like i'm kind of like old school in the sense that i want to keep some of the weeds and different things in there but i also understand it seems kind of pretty clear that we don't necessarily have the same kind of weeds and the same kind of grains that we used to have for the most part. right yeah so they've changed the wheat and it's, um, there's a more complex gluten in it. And that's why people are gluten intolerant because they can't deal with the new strain, the GMO wheat. Yeah. I can, I can do wheat, sourdough is good. I've heard that as well. And I, and I love the taste of sourdough. But right? <laughs> I, I love it. Um, but I noticed with even with cereals, there's certain cereals I can eat that may have some wheat in them, but there are other cereals that, I, that have wheat in it that I can't eat. And I, I don't know, maybe they're putting it in a preservative that messes with my body. Who knows what it is? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. And it could be different batches. And also what your body needs at the time. Yeah. So when you're younger and you're working out a lot, you're going to eat more meat because your body needs it. And, 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 and then again, yeah, the, the blood type thing, which you know people like to say, well, that's not really true. But I've kind of found it to be true. There are certain yeah. people with certain blood types that 
you know, could use more meat. It, it makes, yeah, I remember I, used, I read a book on blood types one time and, and food. And I think any, a lot of these books make sense, some of them, you know, it's like you kind of like have to pick and choose, but there's like, a, there's like a grain, no pun intended here, with a grain of truth in many of these books, I think. Yeah. Um, let's move because of, of time here. I want to move on to sleep. That's, that's something you helped me with. Honestly, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm good at certain things and I can help clients in a lot of ways, but honestly, you know, to just be upfront about it, I haven't mastered completely the sleep thing yet. I got that. Yeah, you have a lot of people. The, the world is filled with sleep issues right now. Yeah, it really is. And, and I, I, there's things that I've done that have helped it. And I kind of feel like once I get the sleep thing down, I'm going to become an expert at it because I've spent so much time watching it, journaling it, right. seeing what it is that keeps me awake and things like that. Yeah. And uh, there's all sorts of things that you can keep. Can you give us a kind of a basis on maybe nutrition for sleep or ideas for good sleep? Yes. So caffeine, you want to have a last call on caffeine in the morning. Yeah. It stays in your system. Amen. Yeah. Me especially. <laughs> Everybody in modern society and culture, you know, we all love the caffeine. Um, the blue lights from the devices. Yeah. You want to shut those down early or get the, the glasses that block the blue lights. Oh, I've, got, I've got a thing on my computer that shuts the blue light down at a certain point at night. Nice. Yeah. So that's a good way to go too. It is. Um, try to have the same... Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. Try to have the same bedtime. Try to use the bedroom just for sleeping and intimacy. Um, what else? Wind down. You know, it's good to meditate at night. Yeah, so you can absolutely. Begin the sleep process. Turn the lights down low. Dimmers are good. I don't like, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this here, but I don't like sleeping in bed with another person. Yeah. And I'm married. Right. And I, uh, I don't like, I like having a separate little, I like having like a separate little bed. And yeah. If, you know, if you want to be with your wife, fine. But when you don't, and you just want to sleep, I mean, it, it, because nobody's rustling your stuff, nobody's moving anything. You just have like your own little area there. There's a, in the Chinese classics, there's a line that says, uh, Sleeping alone is one of the best cheat tonics. Yes. Yeah. And you can still like wake up when you wake up, you can go snuggle and whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can choose to use or whatever, use, you know, you know, be together or not, but right. you can also choose not to be. Yeah. And then you, you do sleep better. When you're sleeping, you're replenishing the hormones. There's a lot going on. There sure is. And I know, by the way, when my hormones are, um, you know, working. I mean, and yeah. most men will know how hormones are working without going further into this. But right. you kind of know there's a certain point where you're kind of rested. You need a certain amount of rest, and then you feel like you need to lay in. You do kind of like be in bed until you kind of feel that full rest come over. Yeah, exactly. And then you're then you're good to go. Yeah. Um, one one thing I have to ask you about before we move on is two things real quick. I have to ask you about your students. Mm -hmm about the superpower type of things that you do in your, uh, uh, on your videos. Right. And you do things such as pushing a car with uh, like a, a, a 
what like a like a pointed spear at your at your throat right and you also do things such as uh breaking bricks and teaching students how to break bricks and also put weights on their back and do planks you know we know what planks are you know for your abs and then putting weights on them right and i've yeah. seen you and you've seen your students do that first of all what is the purpose uh for it is is it to demonstrate power is it what is the purpose for doing those things yeah it shows that she is real and that it exists okay so it's, it's a demonstration of power in a way yeah okay um, can you say, without giving any secrets away, uh, how do you do these things? Or how do your students can do these things? Yeah, you cultivate the energy. And how do you do that? You direct it. But sometimes my students just come, like um, in the video with the, the planks, right? Yeah. So they had just gotten back from Mauritius on a trip, you know, and they're in their 50s and 60s. And you can see they're, I'm talking about two of them in particular. Yeah. There's a few people on that video, but two, you know, they're bone thin. Yep. And uh, they came, they came for a visit to pick something up and they were tired. And I'm like, hey, let's throw some weights on your back. Yeah. And, and you know, you can see those are 45 pound plates. Yeah. Way more than they weigh. Yeah. And then when they left, they had more energy than when they got there. And that was also because I gave them energy. So you did something to them, put energy in them? Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. So I saw you doing something where you're like pushing energy down on them. Yeah. So I'm kind of a Western skeptic in a lot of ways. Like, how does that even work? I mean, how does one person give another person energy? Well, it happens all the time. So when you're around somebody that really is uplifting, yeah, you're uplifted, right? Right. That's and when you're around somebody that you don't want to be around, right. you're drained. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Okay. That's a good example. Yeah. Another example would be you go to the gym and you lift weights and you get, have all the blood pumping in the sure. muscles. Yeah. When you do the qigong, you're doing that sort of thing, but you're pumping the qi into the body. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to learn qigong one of these days. We'll probably get together one of these days about this. Yeah. I, you sent me you know, some videos one time on it. It was fascinating, but I think I just got caught up with other things I was into at the time. But, uh, yeah, but now you're in nature. You got more time and space. Yeah, I, I do. I, see, I, seem like, I don't seem like I have a lot of time, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, for your clients, I want to ask you, I know that you work, you're really good at working with people with back issues, neck issues, knee issues, and shoulder issues too, right? I'm going through this yeah. whole thing with my shoulder. I'm going, one of these days I'm going to put on what I'm going through. It's unbelievable. But there's a lot of things. I'm learning stuff that's mind-blowing about uh, healing yeah. um, what do people come I'm right about what I say what they come to you for how do you help them basically what do you in, in a nutshell how do you help them well it depends you know what they're coming in for but yeah a lot of people come in for physical stuff sure. um, people come in their doctors tell them they need to have surgery right and so one simple way of looking at it there's a lot going on um, you want to, you know, take bad things out of the injured area, bad chi, if you will, bad energy. Put good energy in the healing area and, and, and heal it. Mm -hmm. And then the joints, like for the back, let's say, there's a lot of compression. In yes. Gravity and compression. I've had that my whole life. Yeah. And from work, from everything, right? And so 
the discs start to get pressed on and the tissue surrounding the vertebrae start to lock it down in that position. Yes. If you open the tissue around the vertebrae and create space, then the nerve is not impinged and the discs are healthy and the back pain goes away. The yeah. trick is keeping that tissue open. Because yeah. you can go to a chiropractor sometimes, right? Which is, chiropractors are great, but you get an adjustment, subluxation is gone for a minute, but the tissue is still tweaked and so it pulls it back into subluxation. Yes. Subluxation meaning that it's out of alignment. That's right. So the, the trick is to open it, create space, and keep it open. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's one of the things I'm doing. Uh, again, I'm, you have to watch some of my videos coming up about this, but that's one of the things I'm doing with my, uh, with my shoulder right now. Things, things I'm learning, it's really mind-blowing. And, yeah, and then and, for, for the shoulder also there's, and for the back, for all areas of the body, there's nutrients that the body needs to rebuild the area. Yes. So you've got to feed the body what it needs so that it can do that type of healing. I, I agree. And um, I, I've always kind of been somebody who does as much as I can with food. And then if there's something lacking, I'll, I'll use supplement as well. I know you use bowls, you use supplements and herbs and things as well. Absolutely. And proteins, different kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, protein powder, whey, and, or non-whey, you know, for people that are vegan. Yeah, uh, there's all different kinds for everybody. There's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. Is there anything I missed today that you just can't wait to say and you say, I wish Patrick would have asked me about? You said you wanted to talk about discipline. Yeah, we started to get into that a little bit. And, and the way and that, purposefulness. Yeah. Because you started off and you were talking about the um, success for men. Yeah, and then the discipline. So, and discipline and freedom, right, I think are interesting. Two sides of the coin, because people think um, that discipline means not having freedom, right? But actually, it's the opposite. I, so, I, agree. I agree. Yeah. So you notice when you moved, um, when you moved back to nature, that there are a lot of people that were heavier. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that too where I live, because I'm also in nature, and I, I never in my mind would have imagined the amount of people I see on the scooters in the market in this one particular market. So sometimes that's unavoidable, but I think a lot of times they just don't have discipline yeah. and they think they're being free. I can eat whatever I want. Well, I can watch whatever TV I want, but then they, their mind is polluted and their body is polluted and they end up on the scooter. It's so sad. And so a lot of it is preventable too, obviously. So preventable. And, and that's the thing too, is that people don't know. And they go to the MD and the MD, like you said, sometimes like for the right surgery or the right medication, it's amazing. It's the best thing ever. But a lot of times they go to the MD and it's, uh, you know, they're getting thrown pharmaceuticals at them. Yeah. And that's what yeah. they think is helped. I do think that there's a certain amount of vanity, as I said earlier, in, that helps people to some degree in a sense of like cities, People like here, um, I'm sometimes a little less willing, uh, able, uh, less able to shave, not able to, but I, I shave a little less here, right? And I don't wear as many different outfits as I did when I lived in the city. And I don't do a lot of the things that people do to kind of like 
do things for their appearance, which is lose weight. Because people are out and about in nature and they're doing stuff in nature. They're not necessarily out to impress somebody, you know, in the city. It's, it's a different vibe and, and people are more doing their own thing out here in nature too. And people are kinder and there's less judgment. Yeah. And, and people's hearts are more open. That's true. There's a lot there's of things. More smiles, there's more friendliness. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah. diving into this big time, but... But one thing I'm glad that we did talk about the the discipline of it as well. Did you want to say anything else about discipline? Did I did I yeah, cut off? That's it. Yeah, because I, I think that you're right that disciplining yourself also and when you work for yourself is another thing. You have to yeah. discipline yourself because if you don't, nobody else will. And you're not gonna get done what you need to do, and you'll have less freedom, you'll have less free time, you'll have, you know, a lot of less issues. But the more you actually discipline yourself in the correct way and actually make your mind work on certain things. When you're doing business, you kind of have to use your mind in certain ways, but you, but you may not want to because we can become lazy in body and in mind in certain ways. Right. So this one is the key. It, it's the absolute key. If there were another key, if there were three keys, if you had to boil it down, it would be discipline and the golden rule and intelligence. Treat, because treat others as you wish to be treated. Say again? Treat others as you wish to be treated, right? Yeah, because that's going to take care of a lot. Yeah. That's going to be, you're going to get your compassion. You're going to be a good person. The golden rule does and, and, you know, and amazing things. The third one was intelligence, you said? Yeah. So in certain traditions, they talk about compassion and foolish compassion. Oh. So, you know, there's, there's a fine line. Uh, of uh, going the extra mile, but also, you know, staying focused and, and not because people can take advantage. So that's people, sort of like compassion and foolish compassion. People can steal from you in many ways. They can steal your money and they can steal your yeah. time. Right. Exactly. So, really? yeah, that's, that would be the triad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I have to stop it here because of time. We could talk and hopefully we will in the future. We'll pick this up sometime because there's a lot of things I could talk to you about. Um, again, uh, how can people reach you to find out more about what you do and to get involved with, with, with you? And by the way, people, I highly recommend uh, Dr. Singer. I've gone to him for things. He's helped myself and my family. He's very generous, uh, good, good with his time. He likes to help others. Generally, all-around good guy, and he will do right by you. So when you want to go to somebody, he will do right by you. He's not going to try to rip you off. and and give you things and treatments that you don't need. So tell people how to how they can get in touch. Thank you, Patrick. Very kind. Um, healingenergy.org is the website. Make sure it's .org and not .com. Healingenergy.org. And you can send an email. There's a phone number you can call. And that's the best way. Um, thank you, man. Uh, and again, I, I, I urge people to go to you because there's so many things that you know and so many things that you're good at. Um, certainly healing is at the top of the list. Thanks for being with me today. Um, I wish you well in going forward and all that you're doing. And you're there in the desert and uh, breathing that good desert air. Yeah. And, uh, I love the desert uh, myself. It's a beautiful place. And it's very You guys want to come out and visit. We'll go on some hikes. Well, you know. Uh, maybe, uh, I may, may take a trip out to, uh, LA, uh, next, uh, next spring. So maybe while I'm out there. Yeah, for sure. 
So anyway, great to see you. I am going to sign off now and I'm going to say a little few words at the end here, but I'm going to sign off with you. So thanks so much. Thanks, uh, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. All right, man. We'll, We'll catch up soon. Right on. Looking forward to it. All right. Just to finish up, Dr. Singh is a great guy, uh, known him for years, and um, I definitely recommend what he does. He's one of those guys that's getting back to the things that work, back to, we don't have to invent a lot of uh, new things because things have been laid out for us. We just need to discover what is already there and what has already worked. So that's what old school is all about. Old school is improving your uh, nutrition, your training, your movement, uh, everything that you can think about regarding health, your spiritual health as well. Very important, and a lot of people neglect that. Spiritual health is actually the key to all forms of health. So that's what Old School does. To find out more about what we do, go to oldschoolus.com, oldschoolus.com, and find out uh, all that we're doing, and you can get in touch with me. Also, uh, you can get my book, uh, Greek Physique, on ebook. You can get uh, Greek yoga, the introduction to Greek yoga is another amazing thing. There's so many things that I'm doing now that a lot of these things are going to have great value for you. And also, I am looking right now for 16 people. I have 16 slots open. I'm doing health and fitness coaching. And I can work with you directly if you are in the Middle Tennessee, in my travel zone in the Middle Tennessee area. If you're not, I can work with you by Zoom or Skype anywhere in the world. And I'm looking for 16 people who are very serious about getting their health together, getting their fitness together, want to move again freely, want to enjoy themselves, want to uh, play with the kids, do all the, all the fun things in, in being part of life 100%. You don't have to quit doing those things when you get a little older. You just need to start taking care of yourselves in a little more intelligent way. There's things that you can do. And it's not that hard easy excuse me, it's not that hard either. I can show you how to do those things. So I'm looking for 16 people who are serious that really want to do something with their health and their life and get back their vitality and get back their movement, get back their good nutrition and all those things. Um, And it doesn't take a lot of time either. I can show you things where you can work out anywhere. You can go anywhere in the world and do these exercises I'm showing you. And you can be strong and flexible and have all the mobility and athleticism that you need. So go to my website, oldschoolus.com, and uh, go to the contact area there and get on my calendar. Send me a note. Send me a note. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, I'm offering a free consultation with you by phone. Uh, You can also reach me by 615-840-4626, and uh, you can call me direct or get me through my website as well. All right, enough said. Also, my email is info at oldschoolus.com, info at oldschoolus.com. I've said enough. We've gone through a lot today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're going to do uh, many more, God willing. And if you have any ideas for podcasts, you want to see me talk about certain subjects or you want to see me interview somebody, let me know and uh, we'll, we'll check it into it. All right. Thanks again for being with us and we will see you next time.